0: we return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you at Rogers Place again. Still some tickets available tonight for the Oilers matchup against Nate McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, visit edmontonoders.com for more information. And speaking of Nathan McKinnon, well have a conversation with Jack Michaels from the Orders Radio Network in about uh 15 minutes' time on our show. Royal Pizza, still making it great. It's the best pizza in the city. Pizza passed and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years. Old school big boy pizza. Can I say that anymore? I think I can. For menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at uh, royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken all right we welcome he is in edmonton john shannon our nhl insider how was the uh, flight in from from to
1: well when you consider i was supposed to be here by 11 p.m last night bob and i got to my hotel room at 5 a.m yeah but that's not because your flight was late it's because you went out at one you see No, i did not go to ruse chris or to joey's um uh, you know, We had a few fuel leaks and a few fire trucks and a few... Really? Few, oh, yeah. It was fantastic. In, tr- in Toronto? At Pearson, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, anyway, we survived. We were here. Yeah. Got our got our business done. Life is good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and you know what? This is the first game all season I'm going to see live. I'm excited to be back in a hockey rink. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you've, you've not seen any live in Toronto? You... No. no. Really? Well, no, because... Uh, I,
0: uh, I have a really good setup at home. Right. I've seen. I mean, you're. we should explain to people. You were the former executive producer for not just Hockey Night Canada, but for the NHL as, as well. I was
1: the VP of uh, broadcasting for the NHL for a few so years. So how many
0: TVs do you got in your... Uh... I can watch five games at once. Come on. Yeah? Can't you? Doesn't everybody? Well, you met my wife, Kathy. Yes, sir. I love Kathy. Right. And you, you know the story. She texted me on the road and said, hey, uh, I want to rescue a cat. Can I get a rescue? Can we rescue one? Yeah. And I said, well, we already have a cat. And she said, yeah, I, I want to rescue one. And, and I said, well, and I just left it, and I came back. and the, there Two were cats. Two more. Two, sure. two or, two sure. Now I have three cats. There you go. And they've taken over one of the rooms, and that happens to be the room. And I've got a small little TV in that room, and that's where I used to watch my NHL package from, and the cats are all over the room. Bob, you're, you're hard done by. I am. You know? So I've I, I only got. F- I would, no. So you got five TVs in one room, in your TV, yeah. in your television enclave, in your studio. Uh, yeah. Is it like a studio setup? Uh,
1: it's uh, it's it's half uh, television and half memorabilia. Okay. You know, I have uh, I have what I view as my pride and joy. Really, is a giant picture of the old Hockey Night in Canada gondola that I worked in when I first starting in the business with Foster Hewitt at one end and Bill Hewitt at the other. Uh, and uh, taken in the mid to early, er, early to mid '70s, it's just a fantastic picture. It has the baby blue logo on it. It's just, to me, it's my pride and joy. What was Foster Hewitt like? Oh, by then he was uh, old, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all? And by, but and by then Foster was doing. Uh, he was basically. He probably did fifteen or twenty games right. when he wanted to work. Uh, I thought Bill, like when I think back to Bill, he had some talent and ability, didn't he? I think I think Bill was a better play-by-play man on television than Foster was. Right. Uh, the problem was he was Foster's son. And a and lot s- of pressure. And a ton of pressure, because uh, there was only one Foster Hewitt. Yes. And uh, and Foster was a Foster was an entrepreneurial guy. I mean, uh, the CTV network, uh, Foster Hewitt was one of the founding members of CTV. Uh, with the Bassett family and the Eaton family and Foster Hewitt, right, in 1960, and uh, they took a guy from 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 Saskatchewan to run their sports department, and Johnny Esau, and they did Canadian football. That's how the network started. Yeah, a little history there. But uh, but Foster if Foster was uh, Foster by then was a little cantankerous, and uh, but uh, was still Foster Hewitt, and you had to revere him, and he lo- he loved wearing the baby blue
0: jacket like we did. Yeah. Uh, did you, by the way, Pat Marsden? Yes, sir. I always thought he was a pretty good football play-by-play. He seemed to have, you know who you reminded me in terms of personality, uh, West Montgomery. Very much so. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. You know, there.
1: It, it's funny, the CFL, and by the way, I just think it's great that the Eskimos are in the East now. Yeah, Kansas brings brings the country together. We need that right now. Yeah, don't we, we do. We need the we need the people. <laughs> <We> need, <laughs> It'll
0: be even better if Edmonton beats Hamilton what? in the Eastern Final. Well, you know
1: what, Premier Kenny, it's great to see Edmonton part of the East. Just remember that. Um, <laughs> so, it, what I what I would say about it, there was more so than in the NHL, there was a cast of characters across the country in the CFL that we all loved and we all identified with. Uh, when you think about Jack Matheson, Jim's father, Jack Matheson was, w- and Cactus Jack Wells, they were as much Winnipeg that's, as the Bombers
0: were, and that's John Wells' dad. And that's
1: John Wells' dad. Uh, you know, the guys in Regina. When you looked at uh, in, in Vancouver, uh, yeah. long before a guy, b- before Jim Taylor, and and in Calgary, it was Eric Bishop. Uh, here it was, and Kenny Kenny Newens in Calgary. Here it was, it was uh, Wes, uh, and it was Al McCann. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it was uh, every. Every group of guys in the media, the old, old core media guys, reflected what the football team was, what, and it really was. That was part of the
0: magic of the CFL. And I'll, uh, you talked to Terry Jones about that Skywriters tour. Oh, oh sure,
1: I, yeah. I, I, I did. Listen, I was lucky enough to do five Grey Cups, uh, and uh, I, I still am a CFL fan, um, and and
0: I revere my years of being in and around the canadian football league so you're at hockey night and you know john shannon joining us our nhl insider and lo and behold uh you know you, you know you're with the hewitts but you know we think of bob cole and the guy that i think of is danny Gallivan. sure and, as you should and what was by the,
1: the way any guy that thinks that he's wearing the gila fleur jersey because he looks like gila fleur might be pushing it but that's okay you cannot think that you was like we're like Guy Lafleur. I wore Stop. his stuff. I wore his stuff. I like the
0: speed, talent, agility, <laughs>
1: coordination, toughness. Other than <laughs> that, you wore number ten. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> I, I did wear number ten, and then and then morphed into number eleven. Uh, what, what was Danny like as a guy? Oh, Danny was. Uh, Danny was.
1: Danny was an empresarial. Uh, Danny was uh, he, the verbiage he used on the air. He used in real life. Uh, Danny was. Uh, th- there were. You know, the great thing about Montreal, in English and in French, there were two classy guys, René Lecavalier in French and Danny Gallagher in English. And they kind of bounced, they played off of each other, of who had, they were kind of like Dukes. They walked around like dukes. They had c- uh, cigarette holders, and uh, uh, they they were very very kind. And they they, they had a role. <laughs> during the games, my friends. During the games, <laughs> take take a puff and get the goal oh. out. Take a puff, shoots, he scores. Um, and they 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 carried themselves with a demeanor. Uh, of royalty Both of them And they played off each other Because if Rennie was classy Danny had to be classy And if Danny was classy Rennie knew it Now were these guys buddies? Were they Great friends. Great friends Great friends Great friends They traveled together I mean they they did a ton of stuff together uh, And they, they both played a huge role uh, in growing our game across this country in both languages.
0: All right. So uh, John Shannon, our NHL insider joining us, spent years in the television business, decades in the TV business. Yeah, I'm old. Y- you, you are. Uh, and I'm getting up there. Cl- I'm closing <laughs> in on you. But I, I like to I'm, – I'm in my – I pro- still remember when you
1: introduced yourself to me, so it's okay.
0: I was 50 pounds and three chins ago, but y- that's You another- did say
1: Mr. Shannon, so you had a chance. <laughs> 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 it was
0: 1983. But anyway, I and, I, and, I, and, and I was in my 20s still, so <laughs> – uh, but with all seriousness, I, I mentioned three of the top five scoring players in the NHL since the start of the 2017-18 season. Yeah. So I'm going to pose the same question to you that I posed to Brian Burke. Who are the five best players in the world right now? You're, you're talking scorers
1: and skaters because you, I mean, you're not talking about goaltenders and you're not talking about demon. men
0: Wow. Well, who are the five best players? Who do you think?
1: Well, it's interesting. I, I, you know, and <laughs> I think Brad Marchand is one of them right now. I think Brad Marchand and I uh, so I actually think there might be three guys from Nova Scotia who grew up within 5 miles of each other. It's unbelievable. When you think of Brad Marchand, Nathan McKinnon, and Sid and then you put Connor and Leon on the list and I don't I don't think you can argue very much about that. But at the same time, I got thinking about there might be the five best players right now today on uh, what is it, the 14th of November, they might all play for Canadian teams. Elias Patterson is unbelievable right now. He is as solid a player as there is. There's two here. That's three. And I, you know, I was actually, when I I came on, I was actually going to really stir the pot and pick all five Maple Leafs, but I thought that would be wrong. But uh, Austin (laughs) Matthews is still an outstanding hockey player. He's just
0: got to put it together for a year.
1: Well, no, he's got to like his coach better. He's got to like his coach better. Uh, And then... And then Shea Weber has had a magnificent season. Shea Weber might be playing his most complete hockey at both ends of the ice in his career right now, and that's why Montreal is where it is. And we haven't even mentioned Carey Price. So all of, you could pick five guys playing for Canadian teams right now yeah. as the five best prolific players in the game right now. Do you think
0: Drysaddle started? I mean, in hockey circles, people know. In hockey circles, people know. But... Do you think around
1: the league? Oh, they know. They know. Sure, they do. You know, the fans may not know. Uh, they do here,
0: obviously. That's no, but a the fan, they,
1: But if you if you go to Dallas, they're they're not they're not buying tickets to see Leon Dreisaitl. They are buying tickets to see Connor McDavid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but you know, it you, you just. You know that's that's one of the issues where you don't have three games in Dallas and three games in Edmonton. You play them six times like you used to too. Right. You know when when you do one swing and you go through each of those cities once, you are going to have regionalized uh, acknowledgement of players. You know there's no coincidence that Leon started to get a lot more press through that West Eastern swing that they just had and the, and that the goal in Pittsburgh. All right. There's no coincidence. Yeah. That's that's that happens. You know there was a real move. 10 years ago to make sure that every player played in every rink right and i would shudder to think if they ever changed that because those people deserve to see a guy like dry Seidel. just like you know you know montreal's only going to come here once you're going to see Carey price once you're going to see weber once so from that perspective it's
0: That's the interesting thing. John Shannon is joining us. He's going to stay with us, and then we're going to hear from Nathan McKinnon with Jack Michaels. This is Oilers Now.
2: Hi, this is Zach Gassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched, It's
0: 148 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers and the Colorado avalanche tonight. We'll tell you that uh, we're going to quickly get into this day in Oilers history, then circle back to John Shannon for a second. Hey, can I interrupt? Okay, go ahead. So uh, I heard Wayne yesterday uh, on our
1: show, on Oilers yeah, Now. Oilers Now. now. Yeah, I yeah. listen every day. Do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, You're the one. Yeah, well, I'm the one, one east of Lake Superior. Um, Actually, there's a guy in Kingston
0: that listens I, every day. I, I'm
1: sure he does. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, and Wayne, for Wayne to say, uh, you know, Connor's just got to play through these situations where he's not getting the calls, I, I found interesting. Um, but he,
0: here's the th- uh, You know, I haven't mentioned the officiating all show today. I'm proud of you.
1: I'm proud of you. Sorry. Well, we're trying to get you in the straight and narrow. <laughs> so he, the, wh- here's the one thing I would say. And, and when, when I think of Connor, and I think there are comparisons made, I think of Wayne as a player. I think of Sid as a player, a guy who, as a teenager, with all the accolades. Uh, Phenoms. Yes, guys that are above and beyond. And it, to me, all three of them have carried themselves with such great demeanor off the ice and obviously on the ice, they are prolific. But the biggest difference between Wayne, who I dearly love, S- Sid, who I dearly love, and Connor, who I'm getting to like once I get to know him better, is Connor doesn't whine. Those first three or four years in, in the in the league, a guy who was here from that opening night in 79, I saw Wayne whine, and, and rightly so, because he wasn't, being treated fairly. I mean, he came from the other league. He was a little scrawny guy, and people thought that they could pick on him, and the refs kind of said, hey, put your big boy pants on, and Wayne didn't take it. Didn't take it from the players. Didn't take it from the officiating. Sid was the same way. Sid was the same way. He chirped a lot early on in his career. And in the end, it's paid off in that now that he's gotten the respect with his on-nice performance, he hasn't had – to fight through those penalties connor's never whined connor doesn't whine it's not in his dna he will never turn and yell at the ref he may go over he never will embarrass a referee and there are times where sometimes he should be turning around and giving the guy heck and he doesn't but that's not connor mcdavid and that's a different dimension that that crosby didn't have and that wayne didn't have so
0: in that situation it's incumbent upon the organization to fight on his behalf for ken holland as an example theoretically to have to talk to who colin campbell well i listen i i think
1: managers and 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 team officials talk to the league office constantly okay i think there's constant communication in in the time that i worked at the league and uh, my office was down the hall from colin's uh, there was always always the phone ringing oh what, what happened last night in Denver? Jeremy Jacobs on line, no, too. <laughs> no, it was the GMs. It okay. was the GMs, and, and, and my good pal Mike Murphy uh, fought some of that fight, too, because he was the guy on on, on call in the video room every night. Uh, and, and, yeah, it is, it is incumbent on them. At the same time, this is Connor McDavid. He's cutting his own way through the National Hockey League and doing it the way he wants to do it. And in the end, that respect will come. If it isn't already there, the problem is is that Connor sometimes makes this game so easy and looks so easy that we may think it looks like a hook and the referee says, "Ah, Connor didn't get hooked that much and that beca- that's you know he's the victim of his own success in many ways at times. But it really isn't it, – it, it, it Connor is doing it the way Connor wants to do it, and I don't see a problem with that.
0: All right, let's do this. Uh, thank you very much, John. That's an interesting perspective. Let's go to the day and order. history for New West Travel. We've got a road trip coming up to Chicago. The package includes great game tickets. Uh, you're going to tour Soldier Field, Wrigley Field. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Brendan, I remember this game. I'll bet you do. This seems right up your alley, Bob. The Oilers lost 8-2 back in 2010 to the Rangers at Madison Square Gardens with the teams combining for
1: 154 minutes in penalties. Five Rangers were up in double-digit penalty minutes while Alex Frolov and Marion Gabryk each put four points up against Nikolai Habibulin.
0: In that game, Sean Avery kind of suckered Ladislav Schmid, but... They're kind of looking at each other, and uh, Steve McIntyre fought the late Derek Bugard twice. He broke his nose. Uh, He broke uh, Bugard's nose in the second fight. All right. Star power in the building tonight, and uh, Nathan McKinnon with Jack Michaels
2: can't replace those guys it's uh it's very tough um you know losing two of our best players um but you know we have lots of guys that are playing really good hockey and you know it's fun to play with different guys and guys are stepping up so we're weathering it
0: do you feel like you not that you necessarily go out and say it, but do you feel like you're taking more ownership from a leadership perspective? Because all of a sudden, you're now seven, eight years in this league. You're no, you're not a young guy anymore.
2: Yeah, you know, I felt that a couple of years ago. I think um, trying my best to, to be a good leader. Um, we have a lot of young guys, and especially when our captain's out, um, you got to try to be a little more vocal. He's a he's a good vocal guy in our room, and um, you know, you definitely have to try and. Uh, to replace that as best we can, but it's not easy. Among the
0: skilled players in the league, I've always thought of you a little bit more as a shooter first. Is that something that started when you were much younger, or have you grown into that comfort zone of, of being able to shoot the puck? Because a lot of guys in this league think pass first.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I'm, a, I'm just a mix. You know, I always I just, uh, thought of myself as an, uh, a mix of uh, a shooter and passer. Equally, um, You know, my I definitely always have more assists than goals every season. Um, a lot of my shots are, are, they're not rebound shots, but they're, you know, I'm up, I'm up top, I'm looking for, to get guys' tips and things like that. Um, so I definitely get a lot of assists that way, just getting pucks in the net and, and you know, having an aggressive mentality. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm a, a bit of a mix of, of both.
0: We talked about the injuries up front. Is there anything, I mean, did you even, know adam verner a few days
2: ago <laughs> uh yeah well i knew him from training camp and, and uh was dark,
0: but unreal what he did <laughs> yeah it
2: was great i mean he's a great story and you know hopefully he can get hot and until gruby gets back and but no he's a good goalie and we uh we're, we feel confident man.
0: finally a look at, at edmonton uh i know in in talking with some of their top players when you get a chance to match up with some of the best of the world, the elite of the elite, so to speak, you can't help but have a little bit more juice. Do you feel the same way when you're matching up against guys like Connor and Leon?
2: Yeah, you know, I think um, every night there's a there's a challenge of, you know, special players on each team. And tonight is, uh, you know, the, the best uh, we're going to face so far. I mean, two of the whatever. they're both top of the league in scoring and you know they have been you know last year as well they both had over 100 and so they uh they're so dangerous out there and it's going to be tough but it's always fun i think not just for myself but for everybody to to have that challenge of playing against those guys
0: all right, uh, that is Jack Michaels in conversation with Nate McKinnon. Uh, we will have the pregame show tonight at 5.30, puck drop at 7 o'clock on the Oilers Radio Network. Tomorrow, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino. Sportsnet's Mark Spector presented by the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. They bring you live racing every Friday and Saturday night at Century Mile. Post time is 7.15. Up next, a news weather and traffic update with Eileen Bell. Followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons of Jayla and I, we leave you with Hard Sun and Eddie Vetter. I
2: always stagger back again. Once I built an ivory tower so I could worship from above. When I climbed down to be set free, she took me in again. There's a bee-